Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from Victory Baptist Church in Hope Mills, North Carolina. I pray that God uses this message to help you worship God, strengthen your relationship, and glorify Him. Without further ado, here is this week's message. Um, We'll go ahead and get started here with our sermon. We are continuing our sermon series that I'm calling Baptist Faith, Um, and I've explained this a couple times, but we are looking at what we actually believe as Southern Baptists and what does Southern Baptist doctrine actually say. How does that compare if you were just to go in to ask any of these AI chat, uh, chat bots what we believe um, versus what it says in the Baptist faith and message, and then finally looking at what that says or what uh, the Bible has to say about these different topics. This morning we're looking at or we're asking the question, what do Southern Baptists believe about mankind? What do we believe about humanity? So just like uh, every week so far, we're going to turn to the AI chat bots to look at their answers. Uh, we're going to look at the, ba- the Baptist Faith and Message 2000 and see what that says. And then finally, what does the Bible say? I'll pray and then we'll get into this. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we, as we dig into these questions of doctrine and faith, God, I pray that you will help us to draw closer to you. We open up your word, reveal yourself to us, God. Show us who you are. Show us how we fail and help us to turn towards you in faith. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, well... Before we actually get into some of this, the, this actual sermon, uh, last week I showed you some pictures generated by uh, Google's crayon about what Google thinks God would look like or even the God of the Bible. Um, and I also told you that crayon does not do a good job of making images of people um, being straight up refused to create an image of God, saying that it was trying to be respectful of all faiths. Um, well, this morning, since we're talking about man or mankind instead of God, um, here are some images made by these AI chatbots for man. This one comes from crayon. You see that little um, orange crayon in the bottom right corner? This is not a bad picture. It looks like maybe not the greatest photo quality or not great lighting, but it's, it's you know, okay, a picture of a man. Uh, the second picture, let me warn you, this one's a little bit creepy. Um, I told you crayon does not do a great job of making pictures of people. Um, and this one is just kind of flat out terrifying. So let's go ahead and get to the next one. Um, this one, these, uh, this one and the next one come from Bing, um, Bing's image creator. Um, and all I can say is, wow. Right? It's, it's important to remember that this is not an actual picture of a person. This is an image that AI created after referencing pictures of people on the Internet. And it said, okay, well, this is what people look like, so let's create an image of a person. And that's what it gave us. And then the last one I think is the most impressive the detail, the clarity, the resolution on this picture. Now, some people might say that this picture is even more terrifying than the ones from Crayon, but for a completely different purpose or a completely different reason. All right, so you take something like this, along with AI's ability to mimic conversation and, and then text-to-voice applications and the advancement in robotics and 3D printing with skin-like material, and now all of a sudden it sounds like we're talking about a James Cameron film franchise. Um, that's a reference to the Terminator if you missed it. Um, <laughs> so we'll leave that for Hollywood for now. Anyways, um, so our question is, what do Southern Baptists believe about mankind? So I asked ChatGPT, GPT, and this is what it says. Southern Baptists generally believe that mankind was created by God in his image and that every individual has inherent dignity and worth. They also believe that human beings are born with a sinful nature, inherited from the first humans, Adam and Eve, who rebelled against God's commandments in the Garden of Eden. 
Southern Baptists believe that the only way for human beings to be reconciled to God and to overcome the consequences of their sinful nature is through faith in Jesus Christ, who they believe is the Son of God and the only Savior of the world. They also believe that salvation is a gift of God's grace received through faith and that good works are the result of a transformed life and not the means to earn salvation. I will say, I really like that, that, that sentence right there, that whole slide. It's really good. It maybe not directly applies to humanity or answering what we believe about humanity, but it is a good way, uh, uh, a good uh, contrast about our beliefs about salvation by grace through faith versus works-based salvation. I really think that's a, a really good uh, point to add in there. Uh, they say, or ChatGPT says, Southern Baptists also believe in the sanctity of human life from conception to natural death and the importance of protecting and preserving the dignity of, he- of every human being, regardless of their age, gender, race, or socioeconomic status. Um, continues, they uphold the biblical teachings on marriage and family and believe that these are foundational institutions that were established by God for the flourishing of human beings. Overall, ChatGPT gives us a really good answer on this one, some really good points to bring in. Um, nothing that I could say I disagree with on that. Maybe a couple things that didn't directly apply to the question about what do we believe about mankind, but overall, it's a pretty good answer. All right, Google Bard, the next one. Google Bard says, Southern Baptists believe that mankind is created in the image of God, but that through the sin of Adam, all people are born with a sinful nature. They believe that salvation is only possible through faith in Jesus Christ, who died on the cross to pay the penalty for sin. Southern Baptists also believe in the importance of evangelism and missions, and, that, and, and they are committed to spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ to all people. Here are some of the specific beliefs that Southern Baptists hold on mankind. Mankind is created in the image of God. This means that humans are made to be like God in some way. They have the ability to think, to reason, and create. They also have the ability for love, compassion, and forgiveness. I think it's interesting here that we would say that this is what separates us from the rest of creation. right? And it's also this that separates us from these AI chatbots and the abilities that AI has. right? Humans have the ability to think, reason, and create. <clears throat> well, it seems like AI is getting awfully close to that ability. It's not quite there yet, but it seems like it's getting close. Uh, they all have the capacity for love, compassion, and forgiveness. AI lacks that ability. All right, moving on. Uh, mankind is fallen. This means that humans are not perfect. They are capable of sin, which is anything that goes against God's will. Sin separates humans from God and can lead to negative consequences in their lives. Salvation is only possible through faith in Jesus Christ. Salva- uh, sorry, Jesus Christ is the Son of God who came to earth to die for the sins of humanity. By believing in Jesus Christ and accepting His sacrifice, humans can be forgiven of their sins and have eternal life. Evangelism and missions are important. Southern Baptists believe that it is their responsibility to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with others. They do this through evangelism, which is the act of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with others, and missions which is the act of taking the gospel to other countries. Now, I don't know that I would really separate out and, uh, evangelism and missions exactly in that way, but that's a good way to, th- uh, something, a good thing to think through. All right? And then uh, Google Bard finishes with, these are just some of the beliefs that Southern Baptists hold about mankind. These beliefs shape the way that Southern Baptists live their lives and interact with the world around them. Again, pretty good answer on that one. All right, Microsoft Bing Chat. 
That's what this one says. <clears throat> Southern Baptists are a denomination of Christians who share core beliefs with other Christians, such as the Trinity, the virgin birth, the resurrection, and the second coming. They also have distinctive beliefs about the Bible, salvation, baptism, and the church. They believe the Bible is the inspired, authoritative, and reliable Word of God and the supreme standard for faith and practice. They believe salvation is a free gift from God through faith in Jesus Christ, and that evangelism and missions are vital. Notice, so far, Bing hasn't answered the question about what we believe about mankind. It is this last sentence is the only thing Bing has to say about what we believe about mankind. It says, they believe men and women are equal in value, but have different roles and family in the church. Yes, that's true, but I wish Bing would have done a really good job of digging a little bit more into this question about what we believe about mankind. Most of that answer was not there. Um, but of course, Bing being the one who provides sources for its uh, answer, those sources are uh, linked. So for the next answer, we turn to the Baptist Faith and Message 2000. Again, this is kind of the um, unofficial statement or maybe the official statement of what we as Southern Baptists believe. All right? So uh, the Baptist Faith and Message, under the, the category of man, it says... Man is the special creation of God, made in his own image. He created them, male and female, as the crowning work of his creation. The gift of gender is thus part of the goodness of God's creation. In the beginning, man was innocent of sin and was endowed by his creator with the freedom of choice. By his free choice, man sinned against God and brought sin into the human race. Through the temptation of Satan, man transgressed the command of God. Transgressed is uh, uh, just a fancy word for sinned against, all right? Um, transgressed the command of God and fell from his original innocence, whereby his posterity inherit a nature and an environment inclined towards sin. There's another fancy word there, posterity. That just means our offspring, all right? Um, therefore, as soon as they are capable of moral action, they become transgressors and, and under condemnation. Only the grace of God can bring man into his holy fellowship and enable man to fulfill the creative purpose of God. The sacredness of human personality is evident in that God created man in his own image and in that Christ died for man. Therefore, every person of every race possesses full dignity and is worthy of respect, uh, sorry, is worthy of respect and Christian love. That's a, a pretty good in-depth answer. Some of it was... I think a little bit hard to understand, though. They kind of have to read through it a couple times to really understand what it's saying. They really kind of um, educated that one up a little bit, I think. Uh, so go ahead and open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 1, and we're going to see what the Bible has to say about man. Right? We did say that we as Southern Baptists place a high value on Scripture, and Scripture is the Word of God, and it is the inerrant Word of God. And it is the foundation of how we understand God and the rest of the universe. So for all these answers, we turn to Scripture. And so we start in Genesis 1 because, well, obviously, the best place to start is at the beginning. Uh, in this first passage, there are a few things I want you to notice. Right? Notice that God created humans. God created us in His image. And that God gave us responsibilities and a job to do. All right, so starting in Genesis 1, verse 26. It says, Then God said... Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the animals on earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Now, on a side note, I know this message this morning is about what we believe about man, but last week we talked about God and the Trinity. Right? Notice that God uses the first person plural pronouns for himself. Us, our image, us, 
This is God speaking about himself in the sorry, first person plural. Right? So it seems like this is uh, a grammatical error or a translational mistake. I don't think it's a mistake. I'm pretty, I think I'm pretty safe in saying that God does not make grammatical errors. This is another passage that points to evidence for the Trinity. But getting back to today's focus, what does that say about us? If we're created in God's image and God is Trinity. Well, think about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit in perfect relationship for all eternity from forever ago in perfect relationship. That means if we're created in God's image, we long for relationship. We are created to be relational creatures. That relational aspect of God is passed down to us in his image. This week, the U.S. Surgeon General released an 82-page report that details, quote, our academic Sorry, our epidemic of loneliness. At the end of the report, there are six steps recommended for reducing loneliness. Those steps are good. Those steps are helpful. But they miss the most important one. Our relationship with our creator is broken. We're meant to be in relationship with our creator. And it is, that relationship is broken. Until that relationship is restored, we will always struggle with loneliness. So loneliness, yes, it is an epidemic for our culture. And it plays out in several different ways in our culture. And there are some things we can do to help. But the main thing that we do to help our epidemic of loneliness is to reconcile or have our relationship with our creator reconciled and help others to do the same. If you're interested, the link to that report is also going to be provided in the the show notes. All right, so we're going to keep reading, picking up in verse 27. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. So, we are created in the image of God. There's a lot to unpack in that statement. And um, I think it was Google Bard who said that um, man is created in the image of God and that means something. It's kind of what it said. Um, But it, it was not very specific about what that means. Well, so let's talk about that. Because this is important for us when we look at the, the, the sanctity of human life in our culture today. Right? So no other part of creation is made in God's image. Humanity is the only part of creation that's made in God's image. Not the trees, not the dogs, not the horses, not the grass, not Mars or any other part of the universe. Humanity is the only part of creation that is made in God's image. That makes humanity the pinnacle of God's creation, and it places a higher value inside of us. All human beings have inherent value and deserve protection because they are an image bearer of God. This is the foundation of our pro-life stance, being pro-life from conception to natural death. This is also the same basis of the argument that we would have for capital punishment. If anybody is intentionally destroying the image of God, right, murder, then there should be a serious punishment for that because that image of God places a high value in us. Now, when we combine the idea that we are created in the image of God along with his infiniteness contrasted with our finiteness, right, we are created in the image of God and God is infinite. We're not infinite. That means that the the entirety of God's character cannot be reflected in one person. 
The entirety of God's character cannot be reflected in just a few people. When we come together in community, every one of us, we bring our own personalities, our talents, our traits, our abilities, our passions, and each of those are a reflection of a different aspect of God's character, his infinite character. And so when we come together in community, as a community of believers, we better reflect the image of God within us. So God created us male and female. Well, this is not something that we can change or modify or add to. No matter what our society says, God created us male and female, and what he created us as is what we are. We can't change that. As a matter of fact, it is a good gift from God. Sex and gender were decided by God, and that is a gift from God. All right? Next up, God gave Adam and Eve a job to do in the garden. They were to work the garden. They were to manage it, and they were to reign over creation. Let me note that this came before the first sin. That means that work is a good gift from God. Now, the difficulty of work, the toil of work, is the effects of sin. But work itself is a good gift from God. We were created to work. God gave us a responsibility to do. There are two parts of the, of the job that's listed here. Well, we are to procreate, have babies, fill the earth with these little image bearers. And second, it is our responsibility to care for creation, to be good stewards of creation. Now, Psalm 8 also echoes this. We want to care for God's creation. Yes, we as humans are the pinnacle of God's creation, and we deserve extra special protection because of that. But all of God's creation is special. <coughs> All of God's creation is created by God, and we have the job of protecting God's creation. We have the responsibility to be good stewards of God's creation. All right? For the next passage, I want you guys to turn to Romans 1. We're going to start in verse 18. But in Romans 1, Paul opens with a greeting. He says, hey, y'all, it's Paul. I'm writing to you over there in Rome. All right? Then he goes into an explanation about gospel and salvation. But in case anybody was wondering what we needed to be saved from, Paul doesn't waste any time in getting to that point. So the first half of Romans is a greeting and then a quick explanation of the gospel and salvation. The second half of Romans, go, or second half of Romans 1, goes into detail about our sin. It is our sin that condemns us to hell. We rejected God and his design, therefore we are all guilty. Paul outlines this and shows that we are all guilty. Starting in verse 18. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Let me say that again. They have no excuse for not knowing God. God has revealed himself to every human being through his creation. That's the doctrine known as general revelation. General revelation means God has revealed himself to everybody. Every single human being has had revelation from God through his creation. This is the argument against the complaint that some people have about people who have no access to the gospel still being sentenced to hell. Even if somebody has never heard the gospel, if they do not place their faith in Jesus, they will still go to hell because God has revealed himself to us in creation. This general revelation 
is it holds us responsible. All right, we're going to keep reading. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused, claiming to be wise instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie, and they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the Creator Himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. See, we are created to worship. We were created to worship God. And if we're not worshiping God, we're going to find something else to worship. John Calvin said, the human heart is a perpetual idol factory. That's because our hearts are designed to worship. Our hearts are designed to worship God. And if we're not worshiping God, we're going to create something else to worship. Because of sin, we are drawn to worship anything and everything except for God. See, we have a sin problem, and it's not a little problem. Ever since Genesis 3, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, we are sinful. It's not just that we have a sin problem. We are sinful. People created in the image of God, but fallen due to our sin and guilty deserving punishment. Now turn a few pages over to chapter 5. So God being just would have been completely fair to let us all die in our sins. Now we just said humanity is sinful. That's one of our core doctrines that we believe as Southern Baptists. Humanity is sinful. God would still be the perfect, righteous, holy judge if he were to send every single one of us to hell because that's what we deserve. But God is also a loving God. He shows his love for us by offering forgiveness and salvation. He goes above and beyond uh, with this love because the price that he has to pay to buy our forgiveness. So starting in chapter 5, verse 8. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. Yes, humanity is sinful, but another one of our core beliefs as Southern Baptists is that humanity can be saved because of God's love. We are sinful, but God is loving. We are loved by God. So he made a way for us to be saved. God bought our salvation with the life of Jesus. God came down to earth to give his life for our salvation. Humanity is sinful, but humanity is loved by God. Because of his extravagant love, he offers this salvation freely for all who will place their faith in him. If you have not placed your faith in Jesus, do so today and be forgiven of your sins. Have that relationship that we were talking about. We were created to be in relationship with God, but that relationship's broken because of sin. Have that relationship reconciled because your sins have been paid for. Finally, turn to Ephesians chapter 4. This will be our last verse of the day, or our last passage of the day. This will be the first time going through this um, this series. This will be the first time that I think the Baptist faith and message left something out. This is an important part of this doctrine, but the Baptist faith and message doesn't mention it, all right? Uh, It's a major point that impacts how we live and what we do. It's also sort of a culmination of a couple of points that we've already discussed, right? I said that we are created in God's image, but we are fallen. I also said we are created to work, 
And that work does not stop when we are saved. So starting Ephesians 4, starting in verse 11. Now these are the gifts God gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. See, we were created in God's image, but we're fallen. We talked about how all of our different talents and personalities and our passions and all of our spiritual gifts are all different reflections of God's character in each of us. When we come together, we are a better reflection of God's character within us. We better show the image of of God in us when we are together as a community of believers. In each of these different uh, aspects, each of these different gifts, each of these different talents and passions, when we use them together as the church, we are, uh, that's, our, that's our work. We are growing each other. We're helping each other to grow. These different aspects of God shine in different members of the church. We have a calling to let God's image shine in what we do. In this passage, Paul says that the gift to the church are the apostles, prophets, uh, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Jesus perfectly exemplified every one of those gifts. We're all called to continue that display, but each in our own way. We were created to work, and that work does not stop after we are saved. Our work after salvation is to build up the body of the church. Those gifts that God gave the church members are our talents, or sorry, our talents and our abilities. I'm not going to go into detail about, what, about each of these gifts listed here, but suffice it to say that every one of us are responsible for helping other believers to grow in their faith, to grow in their spiritual maturity, and we are all responsible for sharing the gospel outside the church as well. Our new work is to apply God's love and reconciliation of the gospel both inside the church and outside the church. God desires that people will be saved. God desires that people will grow in their spiritual maturity. And in His wisdom, in God's perfect wisdom, He has chosen to use the church as the means of getting that done. I'm going to say that again because that's an important point. God desires that people are saved and that people grow in spiritual maturity. And in God's perfect wisdom, He chose the church as the vehicle to get that done. It is our responsibility. It is our job to help others grow and to share the gospel. As humanity, our job is not done when we are saved. As humanity, God gives us that new job. He restores the relationship that we had, and he restores our job that we had to help others grow toward him. All right, so our application from this passage, we always get our application from our definition of a disciple, which we get from Matthew 4.19, and our three indicators of a disciple. And so that's the knowing, being, and doing. So our first one is to know. So know what we believe about mankind, right? So just to summarize, mankind is created in the image of God, special above the rest of creation, Every human life is valuable and deserves protection because we are image bearers of God. We were created to worship God and to do his will. This started in the garden and continues through our current life. But ever since Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, we have inherited their sinful uh, attitudes and habits. We are all guilty of sin. We are fallen. Every aspect of our lives are tainted by sin. But we are still loved by God. Humanity is created in the image of God. Humanity is fallen and sinful, 
but humanity is loved by God. And because of that love, God offers salvation. So our B application is to be saved from your sin. It's because of God's love that he made a way for us to be saved. He came to this earth. He lived the perfect sinless life that we could not live. And then he died on the cross in our place to take the punishment for our sins. He is our substitution. He died for you because he loves you. He is our substitution. He took our punishment in our place. God's wrath that we deserve was poured out on him on the cross, but he was resurrected on the third day in victory over sin and death, proving that he is God and that his sacrifice was sufficient. So place your faith in Jesus today and be saved from your sins. Place your faith and uh, place your trust in God's love for your eternal salvation. And our do application, do your job. Just do your job. You were created to work. That's not part of the fall. That's not the effects of sin. We were created to work. Work is not a punishment for sin. The difficulty of work is, but work itself is not. After salvation, we are still workers. But now we are workers in God's plan. God has called us to work for the growth of his kingdom. It is our responsibility to help others grow in their faith. And this plays out in church membership. That's why we believe church membership is important. Our work extends outside the walls of of this church, though. It's not just working within the church, but working without the church. We are called to take the gospel to those who don't know Jesus, to be ambassadors of his perfect eternal kingdom and invite others to join us. Yes, that means you've got to, to help them see their sin. We have to confront people with their sin, but we just don't, we don't just show them that they're sinners. We show them the answer for their sin. We show them their, where they can find salvation. Bring the reconciliation of the gospel to every aspect of your life. So again, know what we believe about mankind. Be saved from your sin and do your job. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, this morning as, as we look into what we believe about mankind, we look at what your word says about us, we're left with a sense of awe that that you created us in your image, that you made us special above the rest of creation. And even after we rejected you, even after we turned away from you, you still love us enough to come and make a way for us to be reconciled with you. Lord, I pray that you will help us all to recognize the wonder of your love. Help us all to stand in awe at at your grace and your mercy. And then, Father, I pray that you will help us to apply, or to, to take the image of you in our lives and let that play out in, in what we do. Help us to reflect your glory to those around us. Help us to come together as a body of believers so we can better reflect every aspect of your being to those around us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you again for listening to this week's message. If you would like to know more information about our church, please visit victorybaptisthopemills.com or facebook.com slash vbchopemills. I would also like to ask that you rate and review this podcast. And if you found this sermon helpful, please share it.